Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, and advance a blessed new year to all of you. For some of you who are very time conscious, uh, you might be wondering, oh, this service is going to overrun. Uh, do not be afraid. I'm offering you a mini sermon today. It's a topical sermon from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, entitled, Don't Lose Heart. The world is undergoing unprecedented changes and challenges uh, like never before. There are so many companies undergoing restructuring and that means budget cut, downsizing, uh, people losing their job. And there are millions of uncertainties and anxieties that are staring at our face. Most of us would like others to think that we are okay, we are strong and we have it all together. I'm grateful that when you look into the scriptures, we realize that the Bible does not hide that great men of God grow weary, they're tired, and sometimes they feel like giving up. And that's why Isaiah 40 verse 30, Isaiah 40 verse 30 reads, even youths symbolizing those who are young, vibrant, and strong, they grow faint, they become weary, and they even fall exhausted. So my dear friends, as we enter into the new year, there's no guarantee what will hit us because life storms will come. And the question we need to prepare ourselves is how do we overcome such crisis? And I believe the word from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 and 18, a quiet time passage that has encouraged me in the month of November this year not to lose heart, but to stay on course. It's just three verses, and so I would like us to stand together to do the corporate reading together. Shall we stand? Are you ready? One, two, go. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, beyond all comparison, as we look not into things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Let's pray. Father, would you right now direct our hearts, our spirit, our thoughts, dear Father, to that which you desire us to take note of. Bless us, dear Father, so that this can prepare us to overcome crisis in all of our lives. We thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. As the Apostle Paul wrote these words, he was going through some pretty hard times. And that's why he openly shared his struggle earlier on in verse 8, chapter 4, verse 8. There the Bible tells us, he said, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. 
let's get into the Apostle Paul's minds and heart today and find out what is it that kept him going despite all these challenges he faced in his life. And you will discover two rocket boosters, I call them. And the first rocket booster is this. The inward must govern the outward. The inward must govern the outward. 2 Corinthians 4.16 reads, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. No matter how strong the Apostle Paul was, he felt that things were crumbling around him and it's falling apart. He couldn't keep it together. But there's something else that he points out to us that kept him going. And he described it as our inner self is being renewed day by day. So one scholar commented there was a splendid compensation matching the progressive weakening of his physical powers was the daily renewal of his spiritual powers. It was as though the more he expanded himself for the gospel's sake, the greater his spiritual resilience. Brothers and sisters, I don't have to belabor the point because life can be very demanding and unpredictable. There are outward giants and situations that are far larger, far bigger than us, and sometimes it pins us to the wall. But Paul had something inside of him that kept him going. And in the context of the book of Corinthians, I really believe he is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and the transforming power of the gospel. Brothers and sisters, as believers, there is really nothing else that can hold us up in our crisis. This is the first rocket booster I believe Paul is talking about for our spiritual pilgrimage. The inner world of the spiritual must govern the external chaos and uncertainties of life. And therefore, the crucial question we need to ask ourselves is what is found inside of us today? What is here? The inner world of the spiritual. What is that? Because if it's filled with the living Christ and the transforming grace of the gospel, though undeserving we are, it will renew us day by day. But if it's filled with the mortal flesh and its engagements and the corruptible things of this world, and it cannot hold us up in times of crisis. Believers, we have only one way to face the external storms of life. And that's found in the Sunday school song that we all know. With Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. Brothers and sisters, this is the first rocket booster. The inward of the spiritual must govern the external chaos of life. Over December, I was at a men's breakthrough weekend and I met a brother from Woodlands Centre. He was only in his 30s, but he was walking with a cane, a walking stick. So the first night I saw him, I asked him candidly what happened. 
He says that in the year 2013, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. In other words, the immunity of the body somehow attacks the central nervous system. And that caused all kinds of challenges and problems for him in his 30s. He said to me at that time, God was very good because the prognosis was good. And so he continued living his life and was even able to complete a marathon even despite that diagnosis. But in the year 2019, just two weeks before his wedding, he suffered a relapse. And this time round, it was bad. But, but she and the girlfriend, as they prayed about it, believed God has called them together, the family blessed them in their marriage, and they got married. But he says life was hard. There was so much adjustment for him. There was so much adjustment for them as a newly married couple. But he was strong in the Lord. And he said to me, you know, there was a verse that kept me going. He said, at that time, what is it? 2 Corinthians 4.16 So we do not lose heart. Though our outward self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So you will see, his problem is not over. He's still walking and when he even gave testimony, he says that many of you think that I'm normal, but I'm suffering so much pain in my body. And he was there to serve as the assistant group leader, facilitator. And he was giving up himself to serve others despite his physical condition. It would be so much easier for him to say, Ah, I've got enough problems of my own. Let me just cruise and relax in my life. I think I deserve it. But no, but here was a man who was bent on pursuing God, full on for God, and to give his life to the renewing power of the gospel that is inside of him on a day-to-day basis. And that's one of my highlights in retreats like this, is to see men of God, women of God, who kept on despite of all this external chaos in their life. And it was so encouraging for me to witness this. Yes, the inner world of the spiritual must govern the external. That's the second rocket booster that I think Paul talks about. And that is the eternal must govern the temporal. Look at the scripture again in 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. You see, the Apostle Paul does not deny problems in his life. He does not try to suppress them and wish it away. He said that the affliction he is going through, he readily acknowledges it. But what helped him, really helped him, was the conviction and the idea that is this eternal weight of glory that is found in God. And that far outweighs and outshines the temporal life and all the challenges that he faces. And this is how he elaborated in the verse. He says, don't be deceived or snooked by what you see with your naked eyes. They are transient. Rather, ask God to open our spiritual eyes 
to see the unseen elements of life which is truly eternal. In other words, my dear brothers and sisters, what can help us go on, not give up, is this eternal commendation of God and also the eternal consolation of life hereafter. We need to really sincerely ask God to open our eyes to see the real world. Because the material world is temporal. But the glory of God is this eternal. And therefore, brothers and sisters, unfortunately, many of us tend to focus and celebrate on the temporal rather than what is eternal. Because very often the world celebrates that which is sin rather than that which is unseen. And the scripture tells us, blessed are those who believe even though they do not see. You know, if we live at the same level as this world, then we will never rise to our calling and destiny to the unseen and the eternal. If we live at the level of this world, we cannot rise to our calling and destiny to the unseen and eternal. Brothers and sisters, here is the second rocket booster for our spiritual pilgrimage. The eternal must govern the temporal. This year, we saw quite a number of Christian leaders gone home to eternity. And I believe their life, not just their life, but their death, testify to this truth. But because they believe in the eternal, it helps them deal with their crisis of the temporal. George Burwell, founder of Operation Mobilization, died on 14th April 2023 at age 84. And guess what? He requested people not to pray for total healing. What kind of prayer is that? Don't pray for my total healing. Why? He said, because I'm really looking forward to heaven. Now, let's really face it. If you tell me right now, wow, I'm very excited going to Switzerland, Japan, Korea. I'm quite excited to go to those places. Go heaven? I, I don't know what's there. I can't feel, I can't touch. I don't see, I cannot check Google and what's heaven like. Yeah, can uh, you can try, but not much pictures, uh, not much reviews from people, yeah. <laughs> but I had quite a close encounter when one of my ex-Air Force colleagues suffered a heart attack recently. And he told us, he said, he says, literally, I, at that point in my heart attack, I found myself floating away from my body and I was looking at all the doctors and nursing very hard in resuscitating me. Wow, that's quite a story. I hope he changed his life. Tells us there's something that exists beyond this realm. And George Burwell tells us that I'm so excited to go to heaven. Timothy Keller Senior Pastor of Redeemer Church and City to City Gospel Movement died on 19 May 2023, age 72. And his last words were, There is no downside for me living, not in the slightest. No downside for me living. We are so vested in this world that when we have to leave this world, we mourn and we cry. 
But he says, there's no downside for me leaving. Lauren Cunningham, founder of YWAM, died on 23rd October 2023 at age 88. Upon diagnosis of his stage 4 cancer, which means he has spread to various parts of his body, he turned down chemotherapy and other treatment so that he can remain energetic and productive. And when many people were praying for him, they conquered with a prayer by a Brazilian YWAMer praying for them. These were his words, don't pray for health. Pray for what I'm going to do through him that's even greater than the start of YWAM. You see, you cannot pray this kind of prayer. It's very unusual unless you have a view of the eternal that covers whatever temporal crisis that you are facing. Just can't. Only the view of the eternal can help us be so bold to pray things like this. As I say, crisis will come. We will face them. Nobody is ready for crisis. You cannot prepare yourself for crisis. But when it comes, I pray that some of those things that we talk about today will make us ready to walk through those journey confidently in God. Finally, last illustration, Joseph Chen, our very own ex-YWAM National Director of Singapore. Died 15 November 2023 at age 56. He transisted in his YWAM leadership one year back before his death. Why? Because he wanted to dedicate himself to what he called the decade of mission 2023 to 2033. And he believed God gave him a vision to raise 1,000 young missionaries to go out to the field. Within one year, of that vision and sowing. I was at some of the meetings with young people where three to four hundred young people will come out to the altar and to give themselves to the mission field. Something unusual is happening. And it will seem for many of us observing just year one and there are three to four hundred people who are willing to go out for a mission. What is one thousand young missionaries? He will achieve his goal and vision. But men's plans are not God's plans. And he was taken home to glory. During his uh, week services, there were different testimonies. I highlight two for you. One was by one of his close friends who was preaching on the first night. And he said these very bold words. He says, the devil thinks he has won when Joseph Chen was taken home to glory. But no, the devil has made a mistake. When one seed falls to the ground and dies, there will spring forth a thousand seedlings which will grow from there. Words of faith, the unseen. His very own younger daughter, Ashley, said these words. We all enjoy hearing stories of God's work in the nations, but are we satisfied with just listening? Moses' time is over. It's time for the Joshua's to rise up. Will you rise up and take this call into the nations that my dad had pursued so intensely? His time may be up, but ours is just beginning. What are you going to do? Powerful testimony of someone who had just lost 
his father. The eyes that sees the unseen and the eternal. We praise God for these real life testimonies so that we can all step into that journey of allowing the eternal, developing this eternal perspective that can govern every temporal challenges that we face. In conclusion, the scripture shares these two rocket boosters, as I called it. Share them from, we see it through past lives, and the purpose is clear, so that we don't lose heart. And the only way we don't lose heart is not just some positive thinking, or just grit your teeth and live for another day. No, the scripture tells us very clearly the inward must govern the outward. The eternal must govern the temporal. We put this upside down, we cannot face crisis. We'll be no different from any non-believer. No difference. And therefore, it doesn't happen to us overnight. We have to build up this faith in the unseen, in the eternal, and the inner strengthening. It takes hard work, it takes discipline, it takes training. But my dear brothers and sisters, as we finish one year and enter into the new year, may this message recalibrate our lives, align us to the inward and the eternal, so that we can experience the weight of God's glory both now and in eternity. I want to suggest three growth opportunities for us to consider. Three growth opportunities. The first one, you may think I'm nagging at you. Many years ago, I put up some statistics and I tell you right now, we are guilty. Why? When I came back, this problem has become much worse. And I have kept my mouth shut until last day of the year because I know this is family time. Our family time to encourage you to do something different for the new year. I want you to know that when service starts at 8.45 and 10.30, right, only 30 to 40% is in the century. Only 30 to 40%. You tell me whether that's acceptable or not to God. I think you will agree with me are not acceptable. When are we full? Half an hour later. Only half an hour later. Then the, everybody show up. So I want to give you a very practical suggestion because I don't want to be remembered as a pastor who always nagged the congregation to be punctual. Because it's a Singapore problem, yeah. But because we don't be late for musicals, we don't be late for your work, then why not we make a decision not to be late for our church service on Sunday? After all, it's only one Sunday a week, not every day. Just one Sunday a week. So my suggestion to you is very simple because I practice it myself. I live with three ladies in my house. By that, I'm not blaming my girls for their lateness, but they do take a longer time than me. Yeah. I'm just telling you, you just seek to leave your home 15 minutes earlier from 2024. That's all. Everybody take responsibility. I don't want this to cause marital discord in 2024. I know it's, before you go to church, a lot of things can happen. Huh? A lot of things can happen. 
So I, I want to welcome you in church. When I stand in the foyer, it's not to catch people who are late, right? It's not. Please trust me. I want to welcome you to the house of God. Some of you feel very bad. Sorry, sorry, pastor, I'm late. I say, no, God always welcomes you, yeah. But leave your home 15 minutes earlier. Doesn't matter you're grabbing, you're taking bus, or you're driving. Doesn't matter. You leave 15 minutes earlier, I guarantee you, you will come here on time. Alright? And if you think your family... I live with three women, you need to tell them leave half an hour earlier, do that, yeah. And then I believe over 2024, when service starts at 8.30 and 10.45, I pray lah, 80% of us will be here already. 20% their stomach ache, children outside, grab failed to arrive, okay lah. We, 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 we know that there are those incidents of life, we accept them. But cannot be 30% only here at the time the service starts. This will be the last time I'm saying this. I won't say this again. Huh? I will be praying for you. <laughs> Secondly, tomorrow is the solemn assembly and this is a specific Burden we received from the Lord when we were up in the mountain last year. We have not done this usually on the New Year's Day. And so we say, we let's gather the church together. As Pastor Emma reminded us, just wear a top black or whatever, why? It is symbolic of us coming to be humble ourselves and to be contrite before God. And I believe this united gathering, this united prayer, this united beseeching of God, purify us as your people, set us apart as your people, help us to be the church that you called us to be, help us to be the Christian you called us to be, help us be the man and the woman and the workman you called us to be. Lord, answer our prayer because we are in desperate need of revival in our midst. We are. And the beginning point is corporate prayer together. We see that happening all the time in the Old Testament. We see when revival came in the New Testament, prayer was fundamental at the church. And so we invite you to come tomorrow, because some of you may not be on the Telegram channel, you may have missed this. Alright, so first I encourage you to be on the church Telegram channel. Two, I know it may be last minute, but make all the adjustments you can make. Just show up for two hours, alright, and do the rest of your stuff in the afternoon, but come together as one united people. And then tomorrow, you can practice what I said to you in the first point. You come at 9.15. <laughs> well, Pastor Amon said 9.15 already, so i got to keep hearing 9.15. <laughs> Finally, the freedom in Christ's cause. I got to know Dr. Neil Anderson way back in the 1990s when he came in person to run this conference, Seven Steps to Freedom. And many of us benefited from it. We've been running this in our church, but we decided right now to bring the entire church, especially the entire small group, to focus on these seven steps to freedom. And so some of you who are already, most of you are in CG, you should know this, and we pray that your CG will sign up and be part of this. There will be some adjustment needed for those who are meeting fortnightly. Alright? You've got to make adjustment to meet weekly because you cannot complete this course. It's almost 10 to 12 weeks long. But if you're sincere in wanting to be holy as God is holy, then this freedom in Christ will help us practically what it means 
to experience freedom in our life. What about those who are not in CGs? All right, we will have a special QR code for you. All right, for you, we are not in CG, you can still attend. We encourage you to get friends together and attend it together because the discussion is always very helpful after the 45 minutes of sharing. All right, but if you can't find whatever, you still can benefit from the wonderful lessons taught by Dr. Neil Anderson. It's going to be by Zoom, by the way. It's going to be by Zoom, weekly from February to May. All right, so those who are not in CG, look out for a QR code. We'll introduce you very soon. First on CG, please talk to yourself, leader, and you will go from there. So these are three growth opportunities to help you recalibrate your inner life, strengthen your inner life, and gravitate us to the eternal. Over and above your personal devotion, your family altar, etc., and etc. But as a church body, we can unite to do some of these things together and encourage one another. Let me close with this final story. In the month of November, December, one of my molar cracked. And it caused me a lot of pain when I bite. So I went to my dentist and my dentist says, well, try to save your molar. Alright, and so he said, okay, I will put a temporary crown on your molar first. See, over two, three weeks, whether you experience any improvement. Because no point putting a permanent one and I got to extract it. And so for two to three weeks, I was on a temporary crown. But this temporary crown gave me a lot of problem. Why? After week one, one Friday, the thing broke into half. So I went back to the dentist and said, I will make another one, put it, the temporary crown again. Second temporary crown. Week two, one day eating again, the thing didn't break, but it fell off. I saved it, went back to the doctor. Doctor said, thank God, it is still not. Put it back on you again. Third week, I was biting it one day, and a bead came off. Three quarters remained on it. I said, Lord, thank you. Because two days later, which was just this past week, Friday, I was to receive my permanent crown. And I was looking forward to my permanent crown. And thank God, come Friday past, I have a brand new crown. <laughs> What's the moral of my story? <laughs> there are many things in this life that breaks, that are fragile, like my temporary crown. It is not meant to last. It is not meant to last. And we all look forward to the eternal crown that God is going to give to us. And He already said in His Word that is meant to last. And even that eternal crown that we will receive one fine day, the Bible says in Revelations, the elders all threw their crown before the feet of Christ because even all these crowns are not worthy of the glory of God and His presence in our midst. And so we look forward to that crown that God is going to give to us and not live for the temporary crown because it is fragile, it will break, it cannot last. And I pray that the Lord will help us in the coming new year to be holy as He is holy. Let's pray together. Let's give ourselves some time, some space in this last service of the new year.
to allow the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to direct us, to encourage us. Because God is not a God of condemnation and judgment. He wants us to rise to our destiny. He wants to run beside us to encourage us because He knows how weak we are. And so as you sit there just contemplating the Word of God that's been shared, I'm going to ask the worship team to just sing this song to make room for Jesus in our life in the coming year.
is better. Shake up the ground, shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Break down the walls, Lord. Yes, Lord, your way is better. Your way is better. Shake up the ground, all my tradition. Break down the walls, all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. Church family, before I give us the final prayer blessing and the benediction, I trust we heard the voice of the Lord this morning that in our attempt, our simple, small attempt to make room for God, here's the picture I don't want us to leave with. It's not, God, I give you the key to this room because God wants the key to the entire house so that God has the freedom to do fully what He wants to do to the full extent. And here's what I believe God wants to do in our midst so that the choices that we make today, be it coming for Holy Assembly tomorrow, coming 15 minutes earlier next Sunday, joining our CG for Freedom in Christ, as we make these choices as our act of making room for God, what God simply doesn't want to do is simply to help us stay faithful to these choices. There is something more. And we hear the something more this morning. In the midst of taking action, God is turning our eyes away from the temporal to the eternal. I had an aha moment this morning as I ended the year reading the final chapters of Revelation. And the aha moment, the light bulb turned on for me when I began to realize that the hope that we have for the future is not simply the vision of a new year but the vision of a new heavens and a new earth. That's the glory. That's the glory that awaits all of us. Where there's no more sorrow, no more sin, no more sickness, because God makes all things new. So that in the midst of the pain and problems now, the temptations and trials, God tells us, shift away from the temporal to the eternal. That's where hope is. Lies. Does it make sense? Let's lift our hands together as we receive God's blessing now. And therefore, as we make room for Jesus, our great God, come tomorrow. May God's hand continue to be upon us so that our inner self is renewed in faith day by day. And our eyes continue to fix upon the eternal glory that is unseen and eternal. The eternal glory that far outweighs the temporary pains of this life so that we may not lose heart but be of good courage until we all appear before His judgment seat 
and receive what is due. We receive this with the help of God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we say together, Amen. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. You can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.